It was awesome. I, I was preaching in, uh, it encouraged me. I was preaching in Norway years ago, not the, not the yaya trip with the little fish at breakfast, a different trip. And, but this one I was on a, um, television network that it, it would be like their, I guess, TBN or something, which doesn't mean anything. It just, it happened and I ended up on there. So, but I'm preaching, uh, live. I found out later this encouraged me. And not to uh, pat myself on the back by any means, uh, uh, but to hopefully express like we really need the word of God in this hour. Full diet. Go deep, but also stay full. You know, I love that Jesus, when he returns on the white horse, he comes as the name, the word of God. And I believe the word is going to be the most pivotal thing with the presence of God, of course. But I believe houses being built right now on his word are going to stand in, in the end. It's really critical. I remember I had a dream on our last cruise ship, actually, when we almost, you know, it was wild before COVID hit the globe or whatever. Uh, but it was very much around that. The end time temple that the Lord's building in the earth was according to the measurements of the word, and how deep we are in the Bible. So anyway, I didn't know this. It was funny. Apparently, the producer of the show, I'm, I'm preaching, it was a live meeting, but still shot for their whatever. He had only seen clips where in Holy Spirit meetings where the Holy Spirit's breaking out. And I'm usually don't get a lot said. And I didn't know this. It was awesome. Uh, but sometimes the Holy Spirit will move in. We love that too. Joy. And I don't, I just am hosting him and trying to get out of the way. So he was like, I didn't know this, but he thought he was like, I don't know if this guy even pre- knows the word, preaches the word, you know, or whatever. He was counting verses. I was quoting. He was up there in the production suite. I didn't know this sitting there counting and thank the Lord. It was one of the ones where I was preaching the word. Uh, <laughs> spirit still moved, but it, we were able to actually get somewhere. And he, I'm not kidding. He, he, he counted because a lot of times I'll, I'll read verses, but then they'll come out and, and just, again, I'm not at all about me, but that we would hopefully be a deep people in the word. Cause hardly, you know, whatever's in you just comes out. And, um, what was it, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about building on, um, his voice and, and just getting it in you. So anyway, he apparently counted, and I think I, I quoted like 70-somethings in one sermon of verses. And uh, to his surprise, and mine too, I had no idea. It was probably like the most I've ever done in a sermon. The Lord helped me. But what was funny is after that, this is a different one. We, um, Me and a different trip, me and my buddy were leaving with the um, the founder of the ministry, amazing man of God. But we found out later, it was so funny, this has nothing to do with this morning, but he, uh, we were going out to eat with him. And we find out right before we go out to eat, he's like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm like super hated in Norway, <laughs> like, like persecuted at a pretty high level because they're charismatic. So it's awesome, they, meaning they're about the things of the spirit, so the religious aren't fans of them. So before you know it, me and my buddy turn into like his bodyguards. We're going out to eat. And he's like, yeah, just so you know, you know, when I'm out in public, <laughs> we're, like, we're just trying to eat with this guy. You know, it's so funny. And um, and we're eating at some place. It was such one of those random, we're in like a pirate ship restaurant eating reindeer on the side. I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> he's like, oh, it's great, reindeer. And we're like on this waterway. We're in a pirate ship restaurant. I'm like, what? I'm a bodyguard now. I'm like, man, you follow the Lord, you end up in some interesting situations. <laughs> anyway, um, but James, New Testament book of Proverbs, more or less, um, super weighty. And I love what he, he says here. Um, 
that I hope would apply and that we would just grow. And so I'm, I'm basically going to be sharing three key points I can see in these verses that if we would yield to them more fully, I think they would radically change our life. Radically, you know, because I think sometimes we think, I've been guilty of this plenty, that if we just get in the presence of God, read his word, you know, everything's going to change. And it will, but also there's doing the word. Remember a couple weeks ago we talked about forgetful hearers. You've got to be doers of the word. So meaning you can shakalaka and be in the word and go to church, but if you're not obeying what scripture is telling you, things won't change. So here we go. James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. I love that. Right out of the gate, his title. He's like, look, my badge, I'm a bondservant. And I pray we would all aspire to be this. It basically means a slave of God. Like I have no say so, never wanted one. Not into the titles. God says jump. I say how high. He says die. I say where's the cross? Like this is what we want. This is what you want to be. Like this should be our highest goal: a bond servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm I'm his slave. Oh no, I just do what he he says. Um, anyway, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. So he's penning it to the twelve tribes that are running for their life. Persecutions at an all-time high, and then he throws in their greetings, which we typically read as like a standard salutation or something. But that word actually means rejoice, be glad, joy. So he's like, "Hey, boys, running for your life, rejoice! You know, be glad." He, I love that he introduces his letter this way. He he takes the focus where it needs to be, and um, another like key note about James is, so this, again, tradition says this is um, the half-brother of Jesus, not James the Great, the one that got martyred first. But um, but he gets martyred to stoned about 10 years after he wrote this letter. Meaning, I love this, he's writing from what he's living. He's not, he's not saying, you know, do as I say, not as I do. He's living this thing. High persecution, he's saying greetings. Boys, I know you're running for your life. But what I'm about to get into on trials and how we handle them, I live this thing. He was a walking dead man because he followed the Lord, and and um, I love this. And so this is half-brother of Jesus, which is funny because he's only half-brother because Joseph wasn't technically Jesus' dad. Isn't that awesome to think of? Whereas Joseph and Mary were truly the full parents of the Lord, like meaning Jesus probably had resemblances of Mary, but looked nothing like Joseph because he's a seed of God. And here is James looking like both, and just think that's awesome. But then you go into verse 2, he says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. How many of you love a good trial? High five your neighbor on that one. <laughs> Everybody's like, nope. <laughs> but, but I love here, he says, uh, My brethren, and I love this because this is to believers. I love this. But if you're not born again in here or under the sound of my voice, this could be an archive you're watching 10 years later. If you're not born again, everything I'm talking about this morning does not apply to you. This is my brethren, brothers and sisters in Christ. You must be born again. You don't get the benefits of Jesus' blood. I know it's a little different angle, but people, they want to live in sin and not put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ you don't get what I'm talking about. So it doesn't work for you. This covenant does not work. You must be born again. So my brethren, meaning I love this, this only applies to believers. He would that none would perish, though, become born again. Turn your life over to him. 
uh, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. So that word um, count here means esteem. And, and that's why I knew this morning, I just want to talk more of like a teaching. We'll see where it ends up. But uh, that word count means esteem, put high value and worth upon trials. The Bible, how many know the Bible is totally backwards to like the natural flesh and how we desire things? How many put great value on trials? They're at the lowest of the low. We run from them. And um, I'll just go straight to it and we'll talk and, and we'll pray. But basically what you see here in these verses is pretty amazing. James is saying, look, my brethren, all of you are scattered abroad running for your life. So am I. I get it. High-level persecution. Count it all joy. Esteem it all joy um, when you fall into trials, not if. Meaning they're going to come. It's when. Like, they're inevitable. And I also want to point out uh, this morning that I'm not talking about self-inflicted trials. That's a big difference. You don't get a pass on those. People want to not obey the word, not hear God, not follow God, and you cause self-inflicted trials. That doesn't work. You just keep going around mountains with self-inflicted trials. And God's really good at handling people with those as well. But I mean, you really love the Lord. You're obeying God. And when you fall into them, also falling into it speaks of you didn't know it was there. You didn't say when you jump into the trial, like you don't need to go find them. They'll find you. So when, not if, you fall into like, whoops, didn't see that coming. How many of you had a trial this week? Okay. Oh, okay. I was like, man, no one. That's awesome. Um, yeah, they just happen, you know, in life. I've got some fun ones that I, I can share. I was thinking about just in, in praying through this. We'll see what, if time permits. But he's basically saying, look, when you face them, you're going to. And when you fall into them, meaning they're going to be in the path, you're not going to know they're there. Um, esteem them, value them because they, uh, they test your faith. This is what we read together. Trials, what they do, they have a purpose. Like we should really, I, I want to renew our mind this morning that we start valuing trials. Start esteeming them. Like he's saying count it all joy. And that word joy there means delight, be glad, rejoice. Even one meaning of it is calm delight. I love that. Meaning a trial comes and you just get calm and you really delight in it. I'm telling you, that's where the mature start stepping in. Just like, oh, another trial. Ah. Oh, yeah. Can you picture calm delight? You just, oh, this, this is my happy place. Another trial. Bring it. But that's what James, and you're like, James, bro, you have lost a few, you know, this is not, no, we run from trials. We try and rub them off on other people, you know. And um, I pray from, again, the word that us together, people would get around us be like, what is up with you? Like when you get into, uh, and a trial is, a, is resistance, um, adversity, opposition. Also, it says various trials. The word various there means uh, multicolored, diverse, meaning they come in all shapes and sizes, don't they? They come in all different package size boxes to your front door. They could just come. And so he's basically like, look, when you um, fall into them, not, not if, when, it's going to happen when you fall into them, esteem them with great joy because what they do, they serve a purpose. They test your, um, 
Siri. Siri's playing Where You Are by Leland, a worship song. Did I say something? Did I say? That's so crazy. Let's see what the Holy Spirit's doing up here. Or my iPad. That's a Christian song, right? Just had to make sure. Oh yeah, I know that one. That's glorious. I don't know how to stop it. I'll just turn down the volume. Whoa. Calm delight. That's how that song felt. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So he says, um, <laughs> um, yeah, esteem plays high value upon trials and oh yeah in them what what they produce is they test your faith which this is a whole nother uh, teaching <laughs> uh, anyway the face a whole nother teaching <laughs> Count it all joy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you, you <laughs> esteem, yeah. Testing of your faith produces patience. And then he says, yeah, I'm going to wrap it up quick. We'll pray. <laughs> uh, and, and so that your patience may be perfected. Why, James? Oh, that you may be complete, lacking in nothing, meaning formed into the likeness of the Lord. And so trials do this. They're very valuable. Uh, James is saying, esteem them. And... Uh, and I pray we would, we would do this in a fresh, fresh way. 
I'm totally lost where I was. Sorry, I had notes. I was going to talk to you, wing it, talk to you from my heart. But even in, um, I love you, you look at, is it 1 Corinthians 12, somewhere in there, Paul, and, and I pray that in this hour, these type truths, we start really making a point to lean into because they'll radically change our life, meaning a trial comes and we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember these. I didn't have to go find it. It was when I fell into it, not self-inflicted because I'm obeying the Lord, but they just happened. Like the 12 tribes scattered abroad. And, and uh, 1 Corinthians 12, Paul's like perils, my own countrymen, perils at the sea, a night and, and day out in the deep, uh, perils of false, false brethren. He goes through this list of high-level um, beaten, stoned, um, over and over, I love it. He, he's basically talking about these false apostles. He goes, Hebrews, are they Hebrews? So am I. Um, are they Israelites? So am I. Uh, Jews, sorry, Jews, are they Israelites? So am I. Then he says, I love this. He goes, ambassadors of Christ. Um, it feels super good. <laughs> ambassadors of Christ. He says, I speak as a fool. I felt like he was saying, I'm totally clowning. They are not. He's like, I'm speaking as a fool right now. Of course, they're not ambassadors of Christ. I am, and much more, he said. And I'm thinking, man, these are the trials. This is the list of apostles. They're rap sheet on trials. That's what they call trials. Somebody takes our parking spot at Walmart. We're like, you know what I mean? I probably just grow up, mature. People get a fender bender, and we're like texting the group intercessory, the witchcraft, the the resistance. You know, it's, it's not even principalities anymore. Like Satan himself has come, you know. And it's like, I think uh, you can start to see a depth of maturity happen when trials come. And we're like, oh, no, I remember these. Great. So valuable. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I love that James starts it off with greetings, joy, rejoice, glad. That's who you want to become and who you want to run with. People that are always like, oh yeah. First Thessalonians 5. Rejoice always. Praying continually, giving thanks in all circumstances. All of them. So constant rejoicing, thankfulness. And what happens is this, this completion comes into who we are. We start to really reflect the Lord. And this, the word's not a lie. It literally says patience can be made perfect in you. So guess what happens, I propose, when patience is perfected, is trials no longer serve a purpose. Meaning trials are not trials any longer, they're mere circumstances. And that's where you can start to see the men and boys separate. Wait, I love seasoned saints. Holly's mother out there, she's an incredible woman of God. You know, they, they you get around them, and they've been walking with the Lord so many years, they're because see, this says your your uh, faith gets tested. So their faith has been tested so many times, over and over and over, that produces patience to the point where the patience became perfected, and then they they're complete. They don't lack they don't lack anything anymore. They look a whole lot like Jesus. You get around these seasoned saints, you're like, man, they don't even notice what you're talking about. When you mention trial, it's like not even phase. It just bounces. They have such an armor of perfected patience on them that they're just so seasoned and mature because they've become complete and perfect. And I think if we're not careful, if we keep trying to run from trials, we don't let 
um, patience have its perfect work. And these are the things I'm talking about that are clearly in the word. So in here is three key points. It's basically esteem, value, trials, count them, very, very worthy. And then um, know, knowing what they're doing because they're, they're testing your faith that produce patience. And then the next one is allow. So esteem, know, and allow. Allow, he says, let or allow patience to have its perfect work. Like let it run its course. How many of you often are in a trial and you, you shortcut it to get out of the trial? Or you do your best. I've done that a million times. And so we don't allow patience to have its perfect work. You know, I was reminded um, of years ago, the, the Benjamins will appreciate this. They get it. I was flying to India. Me and a friend were going to preach the gospel for like a week. And I, um, we, I was in Baton Rouge at the time. We flew to Houston, delayed flight, no, delayed flight, um, to Houston and started backing all the other connections up. Then we had to go, I forget where, London, then Hyderabad. So about 20 hours of flying, just caught the flight. Um, and then we get to India about 20 hours. Um, I don't sleep good on planes. Do you guys sleep good on planes? Come on, Shireen, really? In the glory, she goes, oh, yeah. You get the window? She said, before takeoff, you need to lay hands on me. <laughs> I'll do the little quick power naps. And I'm like, oh, that had to have been an hour. And I'm like, 10 minutes. I still got 15 hours on this flight, you know. And you get up, you walk to the front, you walk to the back, and sit back down. Anyway, about 20 hours flight, um, flying-ish. No, uh, no real sleep. We get there to Hyderabad. Pastor Moses, he's an amazing man of God. Oh, Brother Brian, he would call me. Uh, we now take our taxi ride to train station. I said, okay, sounds good. Me and my buddy get in a taxi, our ride to the train station out in the middle of nowhere. These are things that happen. They, they try you. I cut this one short a little bit. How many of you know if you, if you short circuit patients being perfected, yeah, you'll keep going through them. So however you want to do it, but when you not, you don't have to make them happen, but when you fall into a trial, go, Oh yeah, I remember this. Like you may even experience one today. Thank you, Lord. Great value. Rejoice. Greetings. Um, and then knowing what it's doing again, this doesn't apply as my brethren. If you're not born again, this won't work for you. Your patience will never be perfected. You don't come into the presence of the Lord and likeness of Jesus outside of his blood. You must be born again. Um, and you say, well, man, if patience that important, First Corinthians 13 is all about love, right? What is the first description in line is with love? Love is, love is, come on, word. Uh, anyway, so vital, like meaning when your patience is perfected, you're actually more truly walking in love like Jesus. If you ever want to check your gauge on love, just see how patient you are, how kind you are. And so may the Lord change us in this way. And because we talk a lot about being prepared for his return and the bride made herself ready. These are the things that make you ready. And if we keep running from trials, nothing changes. And uh, so anyway, fun one, our ride to um, taxi, we're ragged out, you know, got our bags. No, my buddy, his bag didn't make it. Mine did somehow. He needed more trials. <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Uh, I'm totally clowning. But uh, 
So we, we get to the taxi station, a train station. So we're 22 something hours in, whatever. And it was dark, man, really impoverished area. And they're checking, they're looking at us like money signs. You could feel it. We're like the only Americans around with our gear and we're going to be there all week. And so it's funny. I'm thinking not Holy Ghost. I'm sitting there because they were getting eyed down. Pastor Moses is like, look, stay right here. Like we weren't in a safe area. He goes, uh, you know, just, you could tell he was like, yeah, just don't, don't go off on your own or something. It just felt like that. So I kid you not, I'm mentally, I'm in old Brian. I'm sitting there going, I can take, I'm just, I'm literally calculating how many I can take if it gets into a rumble because they're, they're smaller and, and my buddy, he's, he's pretty, he can hold his own. So I'm serious. I'm mentally just old street Brian. I'm like, this ain't good. Don't feel the, the Lord on this. And, uh, so then we're waiting. He's not really sure. I don't think when the train's going to get there, maybe another few hours. So we're just waiting. Dark, ragged out. He goes, um, no, I, I said, Pastor Moses, how long is the train ride? He goes, oh, eight hour. I'm like, oh, wow, okay. Send me, Lord. I want to preach the gospel. <laughs> Nobody sees this type of stuff. And uh, so, and you know those trains. William could tell you, look, they are packed in like sardines. It's all like metal bars, like there's no plush. You, you don't have a newspaper and a, you know, nice uh, iced water in front of you. They're, they're jammed. So this is where I short-circuited it, and I promise you I paid by trials later because the Lord, I fell into this one. I'm going to preach the gospel. One of the most fruitful trips, miracles, so powerful, supernatural. For me, it's always difficult because you ask who got healed and they do this. You're like, were you healed? They're like, you're like, yes or no? You know, <laughs> yes, the Lord, you know, you don't know what they're saying, yeah or no. But it's really powerful. And, uh, so I was like, oh, Pastor Moses, eight hours. Mm. Um, how about we fly to your village? Uh, he goes, yeah, what was amazing is he had never flown before. He didn't even think that was an option. And so, oh, no, no, yeah, I'm flying's the way. So this is where I short-circuited it to my own demise. And uh, we, so we, our taxi ride back to the airport, got a flight. We all flew. It was precious. He was in the middle of me and my friend. We all had three seats. He, he, we were having to show him how to do a seatbelt like he'd never flown before. But listen, heavyweight in the spirit villages, really an apostle, crazy work, miracles. We were running all week. Um, anyway, so we go our ride back, another couple hour ride, another taxi ride. Anyway, probably 20 something, who knows how many hours ragged out. Um, many others. Another one I remember I was supposed to preach in South Africa and France. These, these conferences flood comes through. I was in Baton Rouge, flooded out the house. I'm in there because of the timing of it all. I'm sitting here gutting out the house on my own. Um, things you just, they happen. They, you fall into them. You're not in disobedience, but they, they happen. And, um, this is a funny one. I'll tell you, it's not really a trial, but because he texted it to me, I, I thought I remembered it. Um, it could have been one. And then we'll, we'll start to land it and pray. So uh, me and Michael Kulianos, one of my dearest friends in all the world, many years ago, we we're preaching at a, a conference in Tampa. And um, this older man, prophet, I think, I, I don't know, you know, kind of self-proclaimed a little bit, which I don't know. Um, but the point was he could really talk. Like if you get hemmed up with this guy, you're, you're stuck. He, you don't get one word in, he just could really talk. And uh, which I'm okay with that. I think it's great. 
But it was funny at the end of the conference, this is just a funny when the Lord turned on us. These are things the Lord was like, oh, really? You think you're smart? You know, he just has what these trials perfect you. They're awesome. This is more of a lighthearted one. So we're at the end of the conference. He, he's hemming us up. And I think I was trying to dish him off as well or something. Me and Michael and, and Michael's a trip in his humor. So I'm walking by and he's got Michael now. And, uh, I mean, I'm talking this guy. He may, he was up there in age. Honestly, this was almost a decade ago, maybe way back. And, uh, so he may be with the Lord now, precious man of God. But, uh, I'm passing by. I'm not kidding. End of the conference. Michael goes, Oh, wow, Brian. He pulls me in. <laughs> Listen to this revelation. I think I just did it to him. We were clowning. Any kind of winks, like, you know, we're messing around. Love the guy, but we just, you know, and so sure enough, he hemmed me up. I said, Oh, I got you. Good move. So kid you not, listen to the Lord. It was funny because Michael texted me this other day. I think it came up in his memories. It was just a fun memory we had together. We're leaving the conference, have a three-hour ride to Orlando uh, in Tampa. Conference closes out. We're leaving, and everybody's kind of heading out. There's nobody really left. All of a sudden, this older prophet man walks up. He's in the parking lot. He's like, hey, I don't have a ride. We're like, oh, this will be, he's not going where we're going. Where are you going? Orlando. <laughs> and we're like, our heart had to go out, you know, like hop in, prophet so-and-so. And um, so three hours. I don't think me and Michael said one word. <laughs> Bringing this person back to Orlando. The Lord's like, I got you boys. You're trying to, you're trying to get out of trials? Get you a good three-hour dose. And so it was funny, I, I, out of just the humor, I had my phone and I did a, because I was in the passenger seat, Michael's right here and he's back here, and I did like one of these to get us all in it, you know, as a memory, and um, well, that was just a fun one um, for the books, but uh, yeah, I pray in this though that, you know, my brethren, you and I, when we, because you're falling into the, that we'd kind of have a renewed mind on it and be like, oh my gosh, yeah, I need to remember what the Lord, because you know what's awesome here is I think the Lord, from what we can see in scripture, he's much more concerned with what's being created in us than what you're going through. I feel like the Lord sometimes is like, I know he knows all the details, but I feel like he's okay with whatever the trials are at times we fall into just though his son's being perfected in us. And he doesn't tempt us in things like this, but he can sure allow you to fall into trials and um, adversity, diverse, multicolored ways that it comes, opposition, resistance in different ways. And I think when we esteem, value it, know what it's doing, that it's perfecting patience in us that allows us to be complete, lacking nothing, um, that then we allow it to do its work. We kind of yield into it, calm delight. You know, and I pray that um, that would happen more and more in our life because you can see it with seasoned saints in the Lord. It's just like, man, do you ever get around them? It, it feels like nothing ever, they ever go through anything. Like they don't really face trials. But the, the thing is, they've been so completed in the Lord, they lack nothing. So a trial is not a trial to them because it doesn't really you know, produce, it's our patience has already been produced. You know, a, a fun one I've thought of as an analogy as well would be like this. So faith, and then I'll land it. It says t it test trials, test our faith to produce patience. So the patience gets perfected. So we lack nothing. And again, patience is a byproduct of love. So we really want that to be complete within us. And so let's say you're going through a fun analogy, a drive through to eat. 
when at the point you place your order, because we know Hebrews 11 says faith is the substance of things hoped for, uh, evidence of things not yet seen. So when you place your order, let's say you're, you're at a place to get something to eat. Uh, at the point you place your order and, and give them the money, that's your faith. It's the substance. They say, hey, what's your name? Name for the order. At least Chick-fil-A does. Praise God. Can I get a name for the order? Sure. I would like this. Give them the money right then. Let's call that faith that gets tested. Evidence of things not yet seen. I don't have my order yet. You guys tracking with me? I don't have it in hand. It's just an evidence, substance of things hoped for, not yet seen. And then you're driving around, and depending on how long it takes, what all the problems are in between, that's what produces patience. And Chick-fil-A is not where you want to go if you want to produce patience. They are on it. I love that. There's many others you can go to. Um, so that in-between state where that that patience is produced uh, produced sorry in us i pray we would esteem more um know what's happening and allow it so jesus can be perfected in us uh and that'll be good so you guys want to stand we'll pray that was wild i gotta see what song that is and how did it what did it play through i don't have that song would, it, would I have to have it? Oh, I would. Do I have that? <laughs> I yell like, help the man. Okay. That is glorious, though. So, yeah, I pray that really good on us because the, the more we run from trials and try and get out of them, patience is not being perfected, and you'll just keep going through them. You guys get the point. Whereas you're like, oh, my gosh, I remember these. I pray people would get around us and be like, what is wrong with you? Like every time you come into adversity, resistance, opposition, you get super giddy. Like this calm delight comes over you. Like your happy place. You're kind of, what's, what's going on here? And you're just, you, because you know patience is being perfected and you're being completed, lacking nothing. You're, you're starting to walk in true love like the Lord did. And again, what I propose is when that patience is perfected, See, the trial has nothing else to produce, meaning it's a trial no longer. Isn't that awesome? Wouldn't you like to face things that you used to and they get you all bent out of shape and they just don't bother you anymore? That's where patience is being perfected. Now, how many of you have seen a growth in your life over that? Praise God. I think all of us could say that. Like, man, I remember when this really would just get me all bent out of shape. Well, that's encouraging. That means we're growing, and I pray we'd continue to. But we, I feel like we can prolong the process if we run from trials and don't allow them. Like you can tell this is a cooperation we have to do, esteem, know what's happening, and allow, like let it, instead of like run from it. And, um, and that'll be good. So let's pray. Uh, does the prayer team, if you don't mind coming, please. <clears throat> you can go wherever you feel, babe. Thank you for your word. I pray that you would um, just put your hand on your heart. Let's pray together by faith. Lord, I pray that you would continue to um, perfect patience in us. You'd give us a fresh grace by your word and your spirit to esteem and value trials. When, when, we don't need to make them happen, but when we fall into them, 
that we would come to appreciate, esteem, and value the trial, knowing that the testing of our faith is producing patience. And from us knowing that, I pray you'd give us a grace to allow patience to be perfected. A fresh grace from this day moving forward that we'd have a new ability to allow and let patience have its perfect work so we would be complete, lacking nothing. Prepare us for the bridegroom, Lord, in this way. I pray you take us deeper into maturity and reflection of you. In Jesus' name.